Welcome to Bonjour Bitch. My name is Charlotte and I'm many things, but most importantly for this podcast, I am multicultural and sometimes a bitch. We're going to talk about everything from relationships to daily life, all from a multicultural point of view. Each week, I'll be accompanied by the most amazing guests to delve further into topics that really affect us all. You'd better get ready for it, bitches. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Bonjour, Bitch. Today, I'm very pleased to greet uh, my husband, Antonio, for the fourth time on Bonjour, Bitch. You're now our most repeated guest. Uh, So welcome, Anton. How do you feel? Very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me for the fourth time. I feel important now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel less stressed than the first time now? Yes. Now I I know what is going on about. You're an old hand. You're like, is the microphone working? Am I okay? One, two, check. (laughs) All good. All good to go. Awesome. Um, So the last time we spoke to you, we obviously were talking about our struggles with IVF and the frustration that goes along with trying to conceive and the difficulties along the way and miscarriages and everything. And, you know, we're very grateful that so many of you reached out and shared your stories and shared your support for us. It really means a lot. And I think especially a lot of people voiced how important and how amazing it was, not just that I was sharing it as a woman and that we were sharing it as a couple, but that Antonio was also sharing it. Yeah, last last November, I joined the Movember movement with the moustache. I, I started like joking or something not, not really serious. But then day by day, I realized that the, the guys were asking me and as soon as you start explaining why are you doing it, then you open yourself when you speak about your concerns. You don't feel vulnerable about the this the speaking about your feelings and what's going through your mind and what are you going through, and that started there when we were doing the IVF and actually until you speak about your concern, you don't realize how much concerned you are about things. So, doing the conversations that I have with a couple of friends and and only guys so boys night and chatting became a little bit more serious in the sense that we were talking about well my wife did have a miscarriage as well and it was tough because i don't know really how to support her how to do it so just chatting between each other it was really really reassuring and useful tips when to buy flowers and <laughs> how to take things it's really, really, really useful to, to open up with your friends. Or I was actually very surprised uh, during one of the consultations with the doctor that the IVF has a psychological support, not only for the women, but for the men. So to make sure that we are in the right uh, mind place for us and for her. Because evidently, who doesn't know now, IVF is a bomb of hormones and if you think that during the period they are crazy and they kill us for saying this <laughs> IVF is 10 times that so yes this one went crazy like hell Thank you. during the IVF I'm still a nice person though <laughs> yes but you 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 turn into a monster when the Fair hormones enough. were kicking in Fair enough because you know you're injecting every single day a huge amount of hormones you know there's some points when it was a full syringe a day 
and that lasts over a month and you've got track marks all over your tummy and you feel like a drug addict and <laughs> it's very hard because it's also the very first thing you have to do when you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden those hormones are then flooding your body for the rest of your the day and it's really tough and i think speaking about it and you know having these moments of cathartic talking about it and sitting down and being really open with our friends and family more than I think we ever would have thought that we would have been initially, yes. I think massively helped us. And also post having spoken to you guys last time, obviously COVID has happened and a lot of people that we both know or that we individually know, we found out that they were going through miscarriages and they reached out and we were able to speak to them and support them and understand them. And look, every miscarriage is different. Every IVF experience is different. Even in between my IVF cycles, I lived them very differently because your body responds to everything in such a different way and every person does. But I think just knowing that it isn't a taboo subject and that there is light at the end of the tunnel is so important and to know that you're not alone you can ask questions you can reach out to people and more and more women and men are being vocal about it and i think that's one of the key things that i learned out of this yeah. i think very important as well is when you when you speak with other people you channel your consent because i remember we were doing the ibf cycle and lockdown charlotte you were and there are a lot of bad thoughts on I'm not I'm useless, yeah. I cannot even carry a baby, I, mean, I cannot do anything. I think COVID and we, took, and we took that thought in a positive way that well that this is the best that we can do at right now. Everything is for a reason. And we were trying to channel every single thought in what can we take positive of this situation. So I think also chatting with between us and with other people is always trying to channel all our feelings mm. in the right way, not only looking into, I have to do the IVF again, I have to do this. Yeah. this is what, well, I have gone through, and instead of having three eggs, I have nine. Well, it's a positive thing, and maybe the first one, it wasn't meant to be. I think it's, it's experience and, and living the process, not, not only hoping for the results. Yeah, definitely. And I think, so I'm not quite sure when we last spoke to you guys, I can't remember if we had done already two cycles of IVF or if we'd done the third one already, but basically we ended up doing the first cycle in October of 2019. And then we did two back-to-back -back cycles in January and February of 2020. All these cycles were egg retrieval cycles where we collected eggs from me introduced them to Antonio's sperm. I don't know how else to say it, fused them. Um, and then fertilized, there we go. Um, and I introduced them. I like the idea of the sperm coming up yeah. to the egg and saying, hello, may yeah. I enter please? Can I have your number? Yeah, exactly, can I have your number? <laughs> and then there being a little egg with a bouncer being like, no, go away. And <laughs> when you, when you do IVF, you have a lot of time to think, believe me. <laughs> and so basically we went through those we were really fortunate we also did genetical scanning of our embryos when they were formed and we were very very lucky and after the three cycles we got 16 genetically healthy embryos 
which was amazing. And we felt that that was a really good stock to have. The thing that That's a lot of people... Yeah, the thing is a lot of people don't realize is that having a healthy embryo isn't by no means a guarantee that it will lead to a birth. So you could get pregnant, you could still have a miscarriage for whatever reasons, or it simply could not stick. So having a stock of that size meant that we could try over and over again and that I, would, I wouldn't have to go through the egg retrieval part anymore, which was really, really tough. So we were all set in March. We were going to go for two weeks to Peru on holiday in April. And then we were going to wait, come back, get a Zika test just in case. And then end of April, first week of May, boom, boom, implant. We were all set, all done. And then hello, COVID. So initially, there was no talk about closing IVF clinics or shutting down that aspect of things. And then as it continued to evolve, obviously our Peru trip got cancelled. And so I was very much phoning. Well, it was actually before. It, it was the cancellations from France and Spain. The people didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so basically I was phoning my doctor. And as soon as our trip for April got cancelled in about mid-March, I phoned my doctor and I said, well, I'm ready to implant now. Because if we're not going to Peru, what are we waiting for? I need to feel that. I'm still moving forward with my life. I need to feel that I'm still looking forward and moving and not just stuck in this lockdown situation. Um, some of you may know my business is in events and weddings, and that's obviously an industry that from one day to the next completely disappeared and is still not fully back. And so I felt that, well, my job's been taken away from me by no fault of mine. I can't have this baby project taken away from me as well. I can't, I've worked so hard. We've worked so hard in the past year to get to this point. No, no, I absolutely refuse. I do have to say my doctor is extremely patient and puts up with my WhatsApp messages. And he was still on holiday coming back from Mauritius. And I was texting him daily being like, so when are you coming back? So when can we implant? When can we do this? And he was very hopeful initially. And then all of a sudden in, I think it was early April, all of the IVF clinics got shut down and it was considered that it was a dangerous thing to do at that time. So my doctor spoke to me and said, look, if there's a reason for this, then it's just best that we don't do anything. You don't want to get pregnant and it to be dangerous for baby and you. So we sort of sat down and just sort of took a quick deep breath that, it would happen when the right time would be. And our doctor was very aware that we were ready to go as soon as things would start up. So about mid-May, he contacted me and told me that the clinics, uh, private clinics were starting to open again, that they'd been given the green light from the government because they'd submitted the ways that they were going to be open. And so went in, had our consultation, was given all of my injections and pills and everything that I needed to I start taking. Go, I couldn't go in some appointments, other appointments it was with very careful. Um, so I started injecting daily, two injections a day every day, pills, whole array of stuff. And we... You were forgetting stuff and you were oh, yeah. tired. And it, again, it was a bump of hormones and... and medicines to make sure that you are creating the 
perfect situation. It's basically to make sure that your womb is super, super lined and your uterus is as cozy as it can be for implants. Um, and the, like the embryo will want to stick around. It's quite uncomfortable at times, but you know, it's the price to pay. And so on June the 8th, we were given our date to implant. I think we we're one of the first people at our clinic to get the implant, which was very exciting. It was a bit of a weird experience though, because Antonia wasn't allowed to come in and it was all the same nurse and anesthetologist. Oh, I can never say anesthesia. The, the gentleman who gives me my anesthesia and the uh, embryologist and my doctor and the nurses. And it was all the same people that had been there for all of my egg retrievals. But obviously everybody was, you know, doubled up in PPE, couldn't come near me. I was I mean, alone. They, they, they had to go inside you. <laughs> no, but it was very limited as to who. Yeah. And then I was completely alone. It was literally one patient at a time. But it was really lovely and the whole experience, you're awake when they do it and basically they have a scan on top of your tummy and they show you a micro photo of your embryo beforehand and the embryologist comes up to you and she's like, your embryo is beautiful and you're just looking at this black and white blob on a paper and you're like, Oh, yes, it looks stunning. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah. And then, yeah, you sort of see this pipette thing go in through the scan and you're looking at the screen and the doctor was like, okay, so this is the pipette and the liquid that you'll see come out, there'll be a little white thing and that's the embryo. And so, and yeah, that's it. that's it. And then you're out and it takes literally 10 minutes. And you're pregnant. <laughs> and so then you're asked, taking away all the fun <laughs> you're asked to be very careful for two weeks no baths no hot water bottles no swimming pool just because your cervix is still open so you don't want to you know have any liquid go in that could create yeah. any infection or like anything and then after two weeks you're allowed to take a pregnancy test and and Charlotte took five. <laughs> <laughs> yes, obviously. And so we're pregnant and Yoo-hoo! we're now 13 weeks pregnant. So that's why we can happily announce it because we're past the first trimester. It's been an interesting first trimester. Yeah. It's been, I mean, in the grand very, scheme of very things. Quiet. Very quiet. Yes, I mean, <laughs> lockdown. It's been, in the grand scheme of things, I know that some women obviously have hyperemesis and I'm not allowed to complain. I haven't been physically sick. I've been very nauseous. I'm now car sick, which I hadn't been since I was five years old. I'm constantly hungry. I don't have any cravings yet. I haven't figured out what my cravings are. I, I don't know. No. Oh, that's, that's face change. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know. It's very weird. Some foods one day I'm right. Oh my God, I definitely want that. And then the next day I'm like, oh, terrible. My smells have definitely developed a lot more. My boobs have grown massively. I'm definitely starting there to have a bump. positive sides for these guys. <laughs> definitely starting to have a bump. None of my clothes fit anymore. But it's very hard. You're wearing dresses. Yeah, I think the heat wave... You need to channel all these things for the positive. The heat wave definitely hasn't helped. So I'm thrilled that the majority of my pregnancy will be in the depths of winter. Our due date is 24th of February, 
and we've already seen baby in scans several times because when you do it with IVF, so you do the pregnancy test at two weeks and then you have a initial scan at four weeks just to check that there is a heartbeat and that scan for us was quite scary. But you, you see the blood, not, not, not the beat. No, you see, small, you see like a, a, you see like a pump. Yeah, it, it's too small, too small to hear anything. Yeah, no, no, you don't hear the heartbeat, but you see a heartbeat. And basically that morning was very scary. I was super excited about it. And Antonio was working from home and I burst into the office and I was like, I'm bleeding. I can't believe I'm bleeding. And I was nearly in tears. And in my mind, I was like, that's it. I'm having a miscarriage again. I can't believe it. Why am I keep losing these babies? What's wrong with me? Yeah. And all those got... thoughts, remember guys, all those thoughts that you need to channel positively. <laughs> and, and we got to the doctor's clinic and he greeted us with a big smile because he was like, amazing, shall we try and scan baby? And I was nearly in tears. I was like, I'm bleeding. I've lost it. I'm sure. He's like, don't worry. Don't worry. Get changed. We'll look straight away. And when he put the intrauterine try and scan in, straight away he was like there's a heartbeat and i burst into tears yeah. i know it sounds so cheesy but i was just like i haven't killed it it's okay yeah. it's fine basically the embryo grabs so strongly to the walls that he bursts he, he tears a little bit the walls on the sides so that's how well prepared it was the womb for the baby yeah so it was fine nothing serious Everything it was just was a little hemorrhage and um, that was caused because the womb and the uterus is hypervascularized and so it was little just a little hemorrhage that was beneath baby so there was no risk of baby being pushed out but yeah i did have cramps for a few days because obviously my uterus was trying to get rid of it i only bled for a couple of days and they do say that IVF pregnancies tend to bleed more than natural pregnancies. Mm. Uh, and then we had a scan every two weeks up until eight weeks just to check that baby was growing the right way. And then we got passed on to uh, my gynecologist obstetrician. We did our 10 week, no, 10 week scan and blood test, um, which is called the Harmony test, where we got a blood test to check that baby doesn't have any um, trisomy symptoms, just to double, triple check. Yeah, all those tests and so many tests are not required. Yeah, but Charlotte is control freak. So she wants to make sure that everything is going well, but there is no need for so many checks. So don't worry when the NHS is only doing three, it's fine. It's just that it's peace of mind and peace of mind for everyone. Exactly, <laughs> for you too. Further. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very good. And so it all came out that baby was very healthy and we also opted to pick to see what the gender is and find out what the gender is because since it's a blood test, they can find out really easily this early on. So actually doing our gender reveal with the popping of the balloon on Saturday, so in like two, three days. So we'll hopefully be telling you all about that next season. But yeah, we're really excited. I think I think we're having a boy. I don't care what we have, but I have a feeling deep down that we're having a boy. You don't care. It is what it is. Yeah. Antonio has no opinion. No, I have an, op I have an opinion. What do you think I, it is? I don't know what it is. Well, there well, we go. Why? So you have no opinion. I can live with that feeling of I will discover later. I don't need to know now. It will, be it will happen. It will, we will what, learn. you could do the whole pregnancy without knowing? Yeah. 
<gasps> no way. You're the kind of people that open the last page of the book to know the final, right? Before you finish. You cannot wait. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait until the end so I can follow the story properly. And I need to jump to the you end. You can wait another six months before we know. I feel the birth is eventful enough. Like, I want to know whether I've got a boy or a girl. Well, I think you will know before with the scans, but it's, it's not like you need to do a blood test to know early on. And I, I can wait a little bit more. Right. Not, well, fine. Okay. I'll pop the balloon by myself then. I won't tell you. <laughs> no. no. Ah. But that, that's fun. Why do you want to know we need to wait? There we go. Yeah, I sort of, I don't know. I want to know in order to plan and buy things. Not that I would specifically do everything blue and everything pink, but. Everything I'm, green. <laughs> no, but I just find that gender neutral stuff sometimes is a bit bland. So I'd prefer to be Coming able from a to... person that only wears grey, blue and white. Yeah, I know, but I'd want my children to have a little bit more colour. I had colour as a kid <laughs> and then I decided to go neutral. Exactly. So yeah. I, want, I want that to be their choice. No, but also I think in terms of picking names and also very bizarrely like i just want to know if there's a tiny penis floating inside of me like i just i don't know it's just a thing these, these thoughts it's incredible is that how to manage a baby when if it's a boy the how, thing is you have to think i'm telling you i grew matter. up with sisters i grew up with are a you, little sister you were taking care of your sister yeah because i'm five years apart from emily so i was changing her nappy so yeah, i knew how to you do remember, it you remember yeah but i'm telling you i've never had to deal with a baby boy never ever you do it once and then it's done Charlotte it's not I, I don't know again control freak coming out I just want to know I just want to know that's all okay. but yeah so now waiting for the due date looking forward to speak to you okay I'm cool. inviting myself to the I can time. see I can see you're inviting <laughs> yourself to next season fair enough right perfect awesome well listen thank you guys so much for listening in today if anybody has any questions about anything or would like any support in relation to anything that we've discussed please 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 reach out to us um, and we'd be happy to speak to you listen to you whatever you need feel as if i'm like saying something like at the end of the program if anybody feels they want to like have support please call this phone line blah 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 blah, blah. but yeah you know we're sharing our experience and if you want to share yours and ask questions or anything please don't hesitate if we can be of any help to anyone even if just a little bit we'd love to but yeah we hope you're as excited as us that we're having a little mini casada on the way yeah um the oh god um <laughs> and yeah we look forward to speaking to you next season thank you so much guys thank you bye, bye. Remember to tune in next Monday for a brand new episode and please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us out. We'll see you then. Au revoir, bitches. Bye.